Alright everybody, welcome back to the Metro Minutes. My name is Brett Crawford. I'm the social and digital media director for Metro Smart Bar and G-Man Tavern. This is Joe freaking Carcello, <laughs> senior talent buyer of the Metro Smart Bar G-Man campus. Campus. And we are your hosts of the Metro Minutes. Uh, thank you so much for tuning back in today. We're going to have Scott Lucas of Local H on the program here in just a little bit to talk about uh, some of his favorite Metro memories. Uh, the release of his new album, Lifers, and uh, whatever else happens to come up. But in the meantime, we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what, what we've been listening to this week. Uh, Joe, has anything been tickling your fancy out there on the interwebs? Um, yeah, I mean, I talked about a podcast last week, and I honestly like, get stuck in the podcast world a lot. But we, um, Side note, we did was, get a lot of replies about that podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, that, it's amazing. Um, yeah. But um, maybe like some things I've been listening to. Um, there's an album. Oh God, I think it came out maybe last year actually. Um, Against All Logic. Um, oh yeah. Which is like um, uh, a side project of Nicholas Jar. Oh cool. Um, and um, the album's kind of like a compilation of tracks uh, over a couple years that he's been making. Okay. Um, it's really great. I, I, I've always loved like Nicholas Jar stuff and like this stuff kind of like. Um, you know, kind of ranges a little bit. Gets a little housey sometimes. Um, yeah. Gets a little quieter sometimes too. But um, I really like that record. And um, you know, he's always like kind of a good dude to follow and uh, see where he's going with stuff. He, um, and then uh, you know, I'll go back to uh, podcast wise. You know what? I don't really know if I've got any good podcasts this week. Um, been watching a lot of Bon Appetit, you know, yeah. on YouTube. So uh, I'm really I'm a big fan of all them cooking at home right now. So it's really inspiring, um, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. So that's, what are you listening to right now? Uh, a friend of mine sent me an album by a band called Tiger Wine that um, I've really been digging on. It came out earlier. Drink it up. Drink it up, motherfucker. <laughs> but uh, came out earlier in May, earlier this month, um, May first. It's called "Nothing Is for You." Uh, kind of for fans of like you know, balance and composure, title fight, that kind of like um, emo alternative sort of scene. Um, that's been really good. And then uh, you know, just kind of I, I, the, every time it gets warm, I just want to listen to the Scorpions. And I don't know if that's because of your conversation last week about the Scorpions uh podcast but uh, there's nothing wrong with listening to the scorpions man dude it is don't, just a... don't don't shame yourself at all <laughs> it's like my, my inner dad comes out every time it like breaks 70 degrees and i'm just like yeah driving with the windows down you know maybe a little back in black comes on like bucket dude acdc they can get it you know I'll at what it. point does your shirt come off <laughs> I just pull up to someone's house that's mowing their lawn and I push him out of the way and rip my shirt off and it's like, back in black! Just open, a Budweiser comes out of nowhere. <laughs> it's like the, what's the name of that beer in the Adam Sandler, Chris Farley sketch with all the Schmitz hot... Gay. Yeah, Schmitz Gay beer, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, fuck. Um, I've, uh, uh, also, um, I, I, I'm just looking at my recently played Spotify that I really dig. Um, the rapper Mike dropped like a single recently, oh nice and uh, it's really great and then uh the rap group uh standing on the corner which is kind of like a experimental kind of jazzier thing um i think they're from brooklyn yeah uh they, they dropped the single like last week too it's really cool oh nice so. I, i've also been listening you know that new lady gaga dropped this morning uh we're recording <laughs> this on friday and uh my my partner and i we were listening to it uh just in bed this morning as we were sort of like, getting up and getting awake and i'm like damn this album slaps dude lady gaga damn just on her way to being like the next like eternal gay icon of like house crossover music. Um, so she put out a whole album or is it just yeah. a single? It's a whole album. Oh, uh, it's like a, uh, yeah. I think it's actually on the home page of Spotify. It's called Chrome. Fuck. Hold on. Uh, Chromatica. And there you go. It's an enhanced album curated by Lady Gaga. Um, What's enhanced about it? There's like visuals and oh, okay. interludes and stuff. Um, a friend of the podcast, friend of Metro, Mr. Scott Nagelberg posted about it um, on his Instagram story because uh, some artists that he works with helped collaborate with uh, Lady Gaga on uh, the interludes. So pretty cool, 
pretty cool. Chicago suburban legend Scott Nagelberg. That's right. Shouts out. Uh, <laughs> he tagged us in his Metro vans. The homie, the homie knows how to get that grassroots marketing campaign yeah. off the ground. Speaking of Metro vans, if you haven't got your pair yet, we're on the last run here. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot left, and there is a finite number that we're selling. So right. if you haven't got them yet, and you're one of the um, triple digit people that are listening to this, yeah, meaning that we have more than a hundred people that have been listening to this podcast. We do. Um, <laughs> Uh, if you haven't got them yet, get them in the next week or so because they're probably going to be gone here in a little bit, and that's going to be some serious collector items yeah. for you sneakers. Heads. For you sneakerheads out there, you go to a sneaker convention wearing Vans slip-ons, like yo, <laughs> yo, I go check for what I got out. Ultimate comfort, <laughs> yeah, ease of wear. Um, um, yeah, so that Lady well, Gaga album's been pretty rad. Um, yeah, but other than that. You know, um, I my friend Ian Penrose at Four Hands, uh, he was a guest on another podcast that I'm a part yeah, of. I know Ian. Um, he has been doing um, like doom yoga uh, over. <laughs> Tell me more, dude. It's fucking <laughs> rad. Like he sends through on a like a playlist of like six or seven, you know, like ten minute doom songs. Oh, wow. um, and then he sends you like a Google Hangouts link, and you get on. Google Hangouts and he teaches like a yoga class while you play uh, Doom. I mean, I'm looking at the last playlist that we did on Wednesday and it was like Yob and Isis, uh, Pelican, yes. Bong Ripper, you know, like some definite Chicago homies. Yeah. Um, and does every it get week. To like, does it get to like Sun O eventually? Oh, God, God dude. damn it. Yeah. Um, that was Michael Lust. <laughs> <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's done some stuff like that, but, like, uh, I, I really, like, almost want to get to, like, the point where we were just listening to Earth. <laughs> like, yeah, you know? oh, totally. Like, like, out in the middle of nowhere, just, like, God, actual yeah. space. Um, just just you in the fields. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's been pretty rad, um, and it's free, you know? He just does it for free. Um, I mean, I'm looking for... He did post that yoga session. What are you, what are you cooking? What are you, what are you cooking after that yoga session? Dude, you what, know what? what? We talked about this the other day and I wish that we could recreate how excited we were, but we both made chicken shawarma on the same oh, night. Oh yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, that was a really, that was a nice treat. I think our recipes different, differed a little bit, but yeah. um, I was inspired by your Al Pastor construction uh, the week sure. before. So I, I, I tried to make my own. I think I went a little bit too heavy on the, uh, the cardamom and um, mm. cinnamon, you know, it's a little too floral, but did you grind them yourself or did you I buy did, a pre-ground? Yeah, I oh, used a mortar and pestle. Um, my boy, it's kinda, my boy, yeah. you're gonna do it, do it right, is what I always say. Well, it's like when they say, you know, if it calls for two cloves of garlic, put six, you know, I yeah. think the, the inverse applies to um, if it calls for a tablespoon of you know, ground something and you're gonna ground it, grind it yourself, maybe you put half that amount. You know, because yeah. it just is so fresh, much more intense. Fresh grinding any uh, like uh, spices or even herbs um, is like the massive difference in so many recipes. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Like you really as much as like ground stuff is fine. But when you fresh grind it yourself, it's, uh, it's, it's next it's, level. Uh, super awesome. Michael, let's just apologize for FaceTiming me. That's OK. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that's why I fresh grind my own weed and I don't buy pre-rolls. Oh yeah, I actually made uh, <laughs> last night. We made um, some uh, cannabis butter, or oh, two nice. nights ago, we made some cannabis butter with all the leftover keef that we had in our grinder. Damn! And um, then we made chocolate chip cookies last night. Yeah. And um, I very casually walked into the kitchen, and I was like, "Oh, the cookies are done!" And I just like popped one in my mouth. I was like, "Oh, well, see how see how this goes." Yeah. And um, yeah, well, first they were great. They didn't taste very weedy at all, which is always appreciated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like. They they're pretty strong. They were like we used uh for the people listening, we used about like one and a half to it was like one point seven five grams of keef um to about a cup and a half of butter. Um and they turned out really good. Nice. Um but yeah, if you got that if you got that keef building up in the grinder, you gotta do something with it. Yeah. You can't always just smoke it. So No, it gets that gets old. Yeah, welcome back to cannabis talk with uh Brett and Joe. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's fine to talk about now because it's legal. It's like talking about, totally. you know, an IPA or something, which, you yeah. know, we, we kind of relented a few weeks ago um, before we started the podcast, sort of right before we started the podcast about how we were really hoping that, um, you know, that first 420 was going to be, or no, we talked about this on the first episode, didn't we? Yeah. About how we hope that first 420, I mean, dude, 
I haven't been able to like really enjoy any of it, you know, like outside mm-hmm. because we've been stuck inside for the last two and a half or months. But like, yeah. sometimes I forget that it's been legalized. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I, I rolled joints and I went down to Douglas park by my house and just laid in the grass and smoked some joints last weekend. And uh, yeah. it was great. You know, that sounds awesome. I, no one's in Douglas park right now. So it's super awesome to have it by yourself. So <laughs> I live here now. I live here now. Start to make a lean to by the trees. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, you mentioned beer a little bit and I think we'd be, um, it'd be wrong of us to not mention that our lovely G man taverns doing another growler sale this week. Oh uh, yeah. On Saturday from noon to six. Yeah. Um, pretty this is what our, our fourth week or so of doing this, this would be the fourth week. So pretty much for all you listeners at home, Pretty much every Saturday from here until G-Man is able to, like, kind of reopen under phase whatever, you know, down the line. Um, G-Man's been doing a walk-up growler sale. Shameless plug for the the on-campus Little Brother Bar. Um, You know, Tom, the bar bar master over there, has been programming some pretty great fresh beer. Uh, We got a fresh keg of Oberon. uh, We got some hazy... IPA from uh, Lagunitas. Yep. He's going to kill me for not knowing the actual name of it. Um, and then uh, they're doing $12 uh, growlers of fresh PBR. So if you want to come through and get a growler full of PBR and just hang out in the park, you know, go do it. Um, every Saturday from noon to 6 p.m. And they've got, uh, G-Man's got, you know, he's got some bottles. I think Tom's custom banana James, banana Jameson will be up for grabs. Oh, yeah. We're going to start doing cocktails because yeah. we're allowed to do that now. Yeah. So, well, well, I'm not totally sure what cocktails we're going to be doing, but yeah. if you just want a huge tumbler of Jameson, we'll probably just pour it for you. Yeah, just <laughs> and we'll put a lid on it and hand it to you. <laughs> That's right. So pull up, come through. Pull up, dogs, come through, fam. Um, yeah. um bad segue. But let's talk about this day in history in Metro. Um, <laughs> Another bad segue. Bad segue. <laughs> um. So it's today's May 29th. Uh, I don't know when we'll air this, but maybe tomorrow. Hopefully um, tomorrow. May 30th. Yeah, hopefully tomorrow. Um, May, so here's an interesting thing about the last weekend of May. It's typically Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. And I had to dig through the calendar pretty hard because we have pretty standard events on Memorial Day weekend. And typically Memorial Day weekend is kind of like a slow weekend in live music, um, at least in Chicago. Yeah. Um, but what it isn't slow with is uh, for about, I think... I want to say 30 years now, Chicago has hosted IML, International Man of Leather, uh, every Memorial Day weekend. Is it Man um, of Leather or Mr. Leather? Uh, I think it's Mr. Leather. It's International Mr. Oh, whatever. Who um, gives a shit? It's hot dudes in leather. Yeah, it is. I, I think, like, uh, as long as I've been working in venues in Chicago, I've always, we've always hosted some sort of IML after party, and it's by far like one of the best parties um that happens like in town when i worked at double door it was the bear rave um metro we used to do nuts to butts um (laughs) and then there was like menergy it was a good one now we've been doing Um, furball which i always guest bartend down at the beer tub yeah uh and they're great parties um it's the crowds come out they like sell out way in advance it's people from all over the world um and it's like it's super super fun um it's you know like there's only so much room in the club and i feel like we pack it like every single time oh, it's, <laughs> and it's, it is a, it's, it is nuts to butts it is truly nuts to butts but so cycling through may 29th and looking i was like man we really haven't had that many shows and i had to kind of go way back until uh, memorial day kind of got off this weekend but i did find may 29th uh 2004 the amazing comeback of champagne urbana's own braid <laughs> braid um, dude yeah so polyvinyl polyvinyl legends uh came back uh 2004 and i actually didn't know this but their last show was in this is the reunion show their last show was in 98 uh on the exact same date may 29th um wow I think that was the last show um the last see. chicago show it sounds like yeah yeah um I mean, that's pretty amazing that like six years later, you know, yeah. they, they came back. And it was, yeah. I, honestly, a band that like maybe if you look at like where American football is at right now, if like they just didn't come back until the teens, like if they came back in like 2015, yeah. it, like I think it would be, they, 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 I remember the show. I went to the show. Um, 
and it was awesome. And the this show, great lineup. It was Braid, Minus the Bear, and Murder by Death. No uh, shit. And the wow. silent treatment. Oh, and somebody. Uh, wait. Oh, and Chronic Future. Um, wow. And so that was a super awesome show. And then the the, the show, the last show I have for them in '98 was an amazing show too. Uh, let me find it. Edit, 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 <laughs> edit, edit, edit. Um, yeah. So, in 1998, they played Metro uh, May 29th, uh, and that show was some other emo legends from your part of the woods. Uh, Braid, the Get Up Kids, Hell yeah. Sweep the Leg Johnny, and another amazing Chicago band, God's Reflux. Damn, um, Sweep the Leg Johnny, no shit. Yeah, um, all bands that I was huge fans of. Um, That's amazing. If you want to get down with some true uh late 90s emo uh look up some uh god's reflux records are really good so i actually uh, fun story i actually owned that postmark stamps number four split that uh get up kids and braid did and that was like yeah. my first introduction to braid living in lawrence kansas knowing matt Pryor uh and a lot of the get up kids dudes just because i worked at the bottleneck in lawrence but like suddenly finding myself being like, oh my God, there's an entire scene of music that like kind of helped, like was kind of started in Lawrence and then discovering yeah. my way through the Midwest emo scene of like, wow, these, all these bands and they'll never get together again. And then <laughs> all of a sudden they start popping up and doing reunion shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Braid, like my, uh, Bob and Chris, those guys were a little bit older than me, but Bob grew up in the Western suburbs, not far from where I grew up. And, um, but they, they kind of formed in Champaign because I went to U of I yeah. and my sister, my sister was in Champaign from like 94 to 90, no, 95 to 99. Was I think she graduated. So I used to go down there all the time in high school and stay with her and like her friends would just take me to shows. And I remember going to see braid shows um, back then. And uh, I was talking to Matt Lunsford, the, one of the heads of polyvinyl. And uh, we kind of realized that maybe we were, in the same rooms uh in the 90s uh, <laughs> way, going yeah. back yeah so i was i mean also i was i was 15 or 16 so you know when you see like a 15 year old and at a house show at a college your parents <laughs> like who's this idiot uh so, <laughs> that's also when uh champagne you only had to be 18 to get into bars you had to be 21 to drink but only to be 18 to get into bars which just like was like the stupidest rule yeah ever. what's that just, law <laughs> yeah uh but i remember my sister always had this extra id at her house and it was like this Filipino kid. And <laughs> that was my idea whenever I went down there. And I would just like take that and like get into bars. And never, never, <laughs> sounds like, never this made. is like a plot from like a teen movie. Like take the fake and it's like, make yeah. sure to use the sign out sheet. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, you know, Champagne in the mid to late 90s was a really fun place. So. I love that. You know, the late 90s, like the 90s in the whole were a really interesting time. And, um, you know, I think our special guest of this podcast this evening is going to have a lot to say about the 90s, uh, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, not to not to lump Scott into the '90s because he's a he's a multi generational person and an amazing songwriter. But um, obviously, Local Age kind of got their kickoff, you know, in the '90s with alt rock and yeah. um, their first uh, two or three records were all on Island. Um, they kind of their major label stuff, um, mm -hmm. and then after that, they kind of created the cult following that they have now. Um, yeah. and you know, I if. If you listen to early Local H and you haven't maybe gone back to some of their newer records, I highly suggest go back to their newer records. Because oh, yeah. Scott, I think Scott for me is one of my favorite, at least Chicago songwriters there is. Um, he's a machine when it comes to Truly. writing songs, and um, he's got an amazing voice too. Um, yeah. Anytime I like someone has like that kind of like range, I mean not like. Um, key range but like you know someone that can just kind of like scream and have some dynamics to their voice um i'm always kind of jealous of people that can do that for like 90 minutes yeah i, I blow I, whenever i sing in, in bands I, I blow up my voice in like fucking 30 minutes so <laughs> like, <laughs> or you fall you know, off a speaker or i fall off a speaker i think i was like born with like one larynx or something <laughs> Well, with that, um, our uh, next guest needs no introduction. Uh, Scott Lucas, thank you for tuning in with us today and being on the Metro Minutes podcast as the first official non-employee guest. It's a big <laughs> wow. honor. Big honor yeah. for you, I'm sure. It is. 
Um, pretty, pretty close to being an employee, though. <laughs> well, we were just talking yeah. before we started recording. Joe, how many times did we, did we determine that Local H has played uh, Metro? It's a rough estimate of 33, but just I, th- I think we're probably close to at least 35, 36. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a couple that you probably missed out on. Yeah. For a while, Greg from Kilhanna and I were trying to figure out who had played the most. Yeah, so I can tell you that. Oh, uh, yeah. Greg, uh, so Kilhanna, when their illustrious career ended, they were at 46. Oh, wow. So you being a talented person and, uh, you know, still having the gut and go for it, I'm, I am saying that Kilhanna's talentless, um, <laughs> and I can say that. Um, Cut. Uh, <laughs> But I don't. I don't think they'll be adding any more to that. Uh, I, the 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 number one players, and we've done a couple counts. Um, you guys are up there right now. Yeah. Uh, trio, uh, alkaline trio oh, is yeah. is thirty six. So you guys are probably about tied with them. Wow. Um, and then um, what was it? Uh, actually surprisingly the tossers, uh, which you might have been a part of the couple of those too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the tossers la well the show that would have happened. Um, this St. Patrick's Day, I think, would have been about 32 for them. Yeah. Um, Shanahan always, like, throws bands at me that I, I never heard of, like, from, like, local bands from the 80s and stuff like that. He's like, oh, they used to play twice a month for 15 years. Uh, <laughs> so, um, it was, like, Busker Soundcheck or somebody. I don't Phantom know. Helmsman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I always ask him how many times the pumpkins play, but his that number travels around a lot. So I, I, I'm going to say they're only in like the 15s. Or I thought we were closer to Kill Hannah than than that. So I, yeah. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to uh, take issue with your math there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well. Well, to uh, be there, fair, is it the times that local H versus Kill Hannah, or the times that you yourself have oh, played? Oh no, there's no way to count the number of times that Scott's played. Himself. Well, me myself, yeah. It, it, Scott forget easily it. owns that record. Fucking forget uh, it, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going through some other. There's like solo Scott plays. There's all sorts of benefits that Scott's played. I mean, we're not even including DJ sets and Smart Bar either. Uh, <laughs> right. so, Ooh, DJ sets. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess the whole point of us having cool people like you on here is to kind of like a talk a little bit of history of metro because you obviously um are a huge part of it and um oh no what happened there we go uh facetimes um but uh well man ruined my flow but um i guess you know you're a you're a chicagoland native uh from the zion the 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 northern regions of the world when was uh when was your first time you strolled into metro i'm guessing it wasn't as a band but probably as a, a customer yeah yeah, like I used to go to those Rock Against Depression shows a lot. Oh, wow. We're going to bring those back, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good idea. Yeah. I, do I think do was... you remember your first show that you came to? No. No, I don't. I don't. I think it was it, it was just some local bands. Yeah. I, I can't remember even who it was. Yeah. Uh, damn. But it was definitely some local bands, and it was definitely a Rock Against Depression thing. It was not, a, a, it was not like really a cool no. first so time. You're, you're cruising down from wherever, and it was a Tuesday or a Sunday or something, and you were just yeah. hanging on the scene. It was like I, I can afford that. I'll go <laughs> yeah. <to that. laughs> yeah. My first show, as I think I said last week, was the Money Money Boston's in 1994. Uh, but then, like right Stop. after that, yeah, I know it's, it happens. <laughs> We're product of the 90s. Uh, but right after that, like I don't even remember. Like similarly, it was just a lot of local shows after that, and I it was kind of like a lot of friends and stuff. But yeah, I think uh, I quickly went into that whole world of things. Is there well, yeah. maybe not the first show, but what is the first show that you remember going to as like holy shit, you know, like this is this is a great night. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, like the, the only shows that I can think of is like all those shows that, you know, the early nineties that, that I used to go to, like, you know, like that Nirvana show and, and, um, you know, well, that counts as a memorable one. You were Yeah, there. that was pretty great. I was <laughs> like right up front in yeah. front of Kurt at that show. And, and there was like a, a line across my chest for about a month after that. <laughs> uh, From the railing? Smashed, yeah, just smashed up against the stage. Because, no, there was no railing. 
Oh yeah, yeah. This is so they didn't oh, have yeah. railings, so you're yeah. right up against the stage, and everybody was uh, stage diving at that show. It was crazy, and yeah. then they smashed everything, yeah. and I got the guitar at the end of the show. No shit. No way. Yeah. You still have it? Uh, no, I gave no. it away. Okay. <laughs> Damn. Was that like '91 then? That was '91. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I like shows all the time around that point. So '91, you had already had Local H started. Yeah. So, uh, and we're roughly thinking that 92, 93 ish was the first time local H played Metro. Right. So was like, was when local H started, was it like, did you want to go to Metro or was it like, were you just like, was it like a, a dream or was it like a, how, how, how did like you, how, how did the first show at Metro come about for local H? Well, we just kept sending our, our, uh, demo tape and, and i don't know <laughs> if they still do that but back they then do. oh they do shanahan would you know send back a letter and go yeah or oh well this song sounds like that and this song sounds like this and you've got an influence like that and blah 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 and you know so the first letter it was like we just don't think you're ready yet you know, <laughs> shows at the other clubs so we yeah. play avalon a lot and yeah. and once we got into lounge acts, that was really cool for us. And so then the next time we had a, a another demo, we sent it. And, you know, it was the same thing. It was like, <laughs> this sounds like this, and that has this vibe and everything. Yeah. It's like, all right, just tell us. So we're just going to get in. the show, dick. Yeah. <laughs> so so after, that was the show. That, that was the demo that got us in. And I remember uh, a, a friend of mine was – we was gonna lend us his truck we we're gonna get all the stuff in the truck you know no 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 back on it just an yeah. open truck yeah. all of our equipment was gonna go in there and that's how we were gonna get everything to the metro and he was working in this factory and and this thing went down on his finger and pulverized Whoa. his finger on the machinery <laughs> oh my god so he had to go to the hospital and he's getting carted off to the hospital and going Tell Scott that uh, so and so will get the truck and blah blah blah, and they can make it to the show. And so we made wow. it to the show. And That's his name place. was Tony Iommi. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sh- Shanahan still has those binders of the letters that he writes the bands, and like every now we'll have to go back and dig those up. Where there was you- a good one. There was a good one when um. Recently, when Fred Armisen was at the club, we found the oh, trench yeah. mouth one where he told like Fred, uh, he basically like told trench mouth like they were just like, uh, they were like uh, too artsy for him. Yeah, so, <laughs> like, derivative. It's paraphrasing, but yeah, it was a good one. To share- I always, I always enjoy finding those letters when people tell me that they got them. So I saw a lot of trench mouth shows back in the day too. Yeah. Shout out on a lot of bills. Um, um, selfishly for my own, um, because I've heard this type of story from different people, you know, throughout the years about the sending of the demo tapes and then like awaiting either the approval, uh, or the letter. Uh-huh. Um, uh, my, my old band that I had with my brother, Jake, um, who for a while was the sound engineer at G man. Um, we got our, our first demo printed on tape and I had like put it, I put it in a manila envelope and I wrote to Joe Shanahan on it and I left it on his desk and he like opened it up and he, <laughs> I signed it from myself and he's like, Brett, is this your band? I said, yeah. And he's like, get me the tape player. And he like had me get that little, you know, that little, little boom box, boom box yeah. uh, in the office. And he played the whole tape and he wrote me uh, like his feedback <laughs> down and like gave it Bring back it to me. And I was like, I now have my rejection letter from Joe it, Shanahan. It would always, he, he would always say it like really, it was funny the way he would word it. It was like, I have listened to your tape. <laughs> just like, whoa, 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 what? That's all we're asking, man. Yeah, Kelly oh. Kelly Way got me a couple copies of, of those things. And I think at the last the last anniversary yeah. thing, I, I read those. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah that's right. One. You did at the 35th. Oh, my God, oh, yeah. that's right. Uh, yeah, his there's a the secret stash of cassette tapes that's in our office are like there's some real pretty epic ones that like he has under lock and key that he won't tell any of us about so i mean he was pretty he was pretty right on you know yeah. <laughs> that it, we did sound like aria we did sound like helmet you know we did sound yeah. like those things you know your yeah, new totally. record doesn't sound like that at all though we were we were carcel and i were listening to lifers uh over the last couple of days just talking about 
some of the bangers on it and i was like damn dude this sounds like fucking mean now like this record is good so congratulations on that thank you quick quick little plug yeah you uh you recorded with albini on that one was an engineer and then we did we booked two days with albini and so uh and andy was with you i'm assuming yeah andy went in with us so there's uh, what, 11 songs on the record and seven of them are albini songs wow oh, nice and then there's acoustic song an acoustic song on there that we started recording up at pachyderm and that wasn't with albini and then mm. uh, the other stuff was done at uh, million yen with andy nice oh, cool. andy, yeah and then you sent it to jay to the Jay Robbins to make it to Jay to make some sense of everything. <laughs> Is that the first record that Jay's mixed for you? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah, man, you really, really went for all the legends on this one. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that like... was the idea. I yeah. saw I saw Jawbox a bunch of times at, at Metro back in the day too. Yeah. Uh, but that was the idea was just to like get all all these lifers on the record. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's such a cool, you know, like to hear the kind of the story behind it. It's like so it's important, you know, like it's all these people that are just like fucking legends, you you know, local H obviously included, like there's an entire scene that's been built around like that sound and that style. And like these people that like to get everyone on the same record doing what they do best is like, I mean, it, it shows for sure. So congratulations. Right. And we've had Juliana Hatfield's on the record and John Haggerty is on the record. So there's this idea of, getting people that have gone about what they do in a very unassuming way. Uh, and it's, and it's just about the music. It's not about the fame. It's not about the money. And they've done it in a way that we've really aspired to, to do, you know? And so to surround ourselves with people like that was really, um, just gave a good, presented a good vibe to the record, I, I guess. Yeah, um, it totally is. It flows really well. So, Mission accomplished there. You yeah. did it. Congrats. <laughs> um, I think uh, the combination of me working at Double Door for a long time and then me working at Metro, our, our lives have intersected many of drunken times. Yeah. Uh, my, my One of my favorite uh, Double Door nights, uh, I don't think I knew you this well at that point, but me and Jesse were in the sound booth and it was the end of the night and you just came in after the show and you handed Jesse a CD and told him to play it and uh jesse played this cd and everything was cool and i just kind of walk around the club and i was like what is this like this is like the weirdest local <laughs> h or scott demo i've heard and then i listened more and i, I don't think i really knew the song at first and it was your um toxic cover by britney spears <laughs> <laughs> and, like you had just like maybe finished it i don't know and you just wanted to hear it uh yeah. and uh yeah it was a pretty entertaining uh, handoff that i think happened do you remember uh, that let- scott <laughs> no, I don't remember that. It, it sounds it sounds like something I would have done. Listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna blow the kids' minds. I hope you have insurance on that sound system because it's about yeah. to fuck it up. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, you know, I know tonight was just an average every <laughs> night, but guess what? I'm about to kick it up a notch. Yeah, the kids won't know what hit them. Oh man, they'll tell this story for years. <laughs> It's your cousin Marvin. Uh, <laughs> oh no. Um, well, like I, I guess other other part of just like you know, I think like you, like popping up in Metro at any point in time of any of our lives is a pretty like you know happens all the time. But like you know, it's not unusual for you to pop down to Smart Bar. And when I first started working at Metro, you were still doing the Sundays with Kelly Way. Yeah. And um, legendary in the front bar there, and those nights were kind of wild too. Um, uh, you DJing was always just a fun experience, um, <laughs> which I don't know, you know, still got thrown down every now and then, but, uh, you were always a good person to meet in smart bar at 5am and see what the world had to tell us, you know? So yeah, those were, that was fun. Those were fun times. <laughs> why, why don't you tell us a little bit, Scott, I think what Carcel is trying to ask you is why don't you tell us a little bit about how maybe during that time from the 90s into the 2000s what smart bar kind of was for metro especially for like people that maybe played there um i i I think like that whole period like there was this sense of like 
I don't know. Like I was sort of like, I don't know what I want to do next. I, I don't know what's going on. And then I go see a lot of people DJing in smart bar and listening to a lot of new music. I used to listen to so much new music, so much more than I do now. And that was just from like hanging out there and, and it would give me ideas, you know, um, not necessarily that I wanted to make electronic records, sure. although I did do that. Yeah. But, but it would just give me ideas for local H on how to like, just sort of, I don't know, pull through the decade. You know, there, there was a lot of, uh, I felt a lot of just indifference to what we were doing for a sure. few years there. And, yeah. and I just took a lot of, from what I was hearing and, and and incorporated that into the music and i don't know it just kind of gave me something to hold on to rather than what other people were thinking of it was, it was, yeah i was able to take the music that i was making in a way that was interesting to me and i was able to sort of feed off of that and i didn't need so much what uh, you know to be played on the radio or to yeah. be, it's also a good way to expand your chops a little bit you know, exactly like there's like you're bringing in maybe some different rhythms and stuff like that or Maybe even you're laying down some stuff yourself. And wait, 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 wait. Are you are you hinting that there's a local H new metal record somewhere that has never been released? <laughs> I mean, that, that could have happened. That could have, you know. Well, you, I, mean, you, I mean, you briefly had the Prairie Cartel, you know, that was, you know, that not briefly, I guess it was kind of a thing for a while. And, yeah. uh, you know, that was, that, there was, there was some great songs in there, you know, I always enjoyed those, those records, you know. Yeah, it's a good record. And, you know, it was good to just sort of, uh, just get out of my head. You know, I, I don't really even know what I'm trying to say, but, but I would go see tons of new bands and, and listen to a lot of music that was like either straight up indie or kind of, you know, uh, electronica influenced. And, stuff. Yeah. and, uh, and I was fine with it. I mean, yeah. I heard a lot of things in that music that, that I heard in punk rock. I mean, it was just sort of like, you know, a forcefulness to it, you know? Yeah. I feel, I feel the same way. I mean, to some degree, when we talk about like shows and stuff, I feel the same way about like younger hip hop kids now. Like they're kind of like the punk rock kids of our era because they're like promoting themselves. And like, they're like, they usually have no qualms about like getting out and like getting in people's faces about like what they're doing and stuff like that, where, you know, maybe we come from the generation that like we hated self-promoting ourselves, you know? And like, that was like the real, problem with like alternative rock was like everyone kind of sometimes took a slacker attitude to things and like everyone's like oh you're lame if you promote yourself or some shit like that or you're a sellout or whatever you know and i think that attitude is just like that's so gone like oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's so not even like existent the whole idea i don't kids don't even know what sellouts is that means anymore like it's wow. which i'm kind of glad because it was like a real bullshit kind of uh... if you end up on Fortnite, you're a sellout that's kind of <laughs> yeah well i mean there was also you know i i take to heart like some of the ideas there like you know yeah. don't sell your songs to lame fucking commercials i yeah. still i still get a little bummed out when i hear a lame commercial from a band that i like you know sure yeah, yeah. i get that i think that there are ways to to i think there is something to that sellout stuff sure yeah but well, i think but I all think... those people like you know promoting yourself i mean that's what zines were doing you know like people you had to promote yourself or nobody else was going to pay attention to you yeah yeah. i think you know you kind of touched on this earlier but like do you think that there was a shift in the ethos when you know social media became so prevalent um even in the last i would say five to ten years like going from uh you know print the print is the word, you know, like the Chicago reader, for instance, Yeah. you know, if you had a reader feature, you were kind of like the, the top of the, you know, top of the pile at that time. Whereas now, you know, it's anyone with a Twitter account can be, you know, have 50,000 retweets and they can break your single, you know, is it talk to me about how that transitioned because you've been in the industry as a creator for so long. Like what is your sort of perception of how that's changed? Yeah, it's sort of taking it out of other people's hands and 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 put it into to your hands and whether you know so you got to generate content and and do all those things which um can be a pain in the ass you know especially <laughs> if if you that's not how you came up and you got to yeah, figure totally. it out like you know you got to figure out Zoom meetings <laughs> a couple months and and you know now I'm a pro at it but yeah. 
three months ago, I was kind of like, I mean, just never mind since since uh, social media, just how much things have changed in three months. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, wow, like how much clout the reader used to have. Mm. And and now you pass it by and, you know, I don't I don't, I don't pick it up. You know, yeah. I used to pick up the reader every week. Sure. And, and you know, that's cool. You know, I don't have to worry about whether or not Bill Wyman <laughs> thinks we suck or not. <laughs> I do. Well, I think it should be said because we obviously have a relationship with the reader and we love those, that, that whole team. But so much of the content now I absorb online. You know, I'm not yeah. necessarily picking up the physical edition because I'm not going to places that even have it, you know. Um, but right. I, I, it's not just them, you know, like – the Onion, you know, I used oh, to yeah. love to read The Onion totally. every week in New City, and it's just like the only time I read any of that stuff now is when they send me an email or, you know, I <laughs> yeah. see The Onion on Twitter. Yeah. If you want a nice snapshot of, like, uh, a piece of Metro that will forever be unchanged by the years, it is that uh, the inside the vestibule to the left when you walk in, there's just that huge magazine rack that still has like New City and the Reader and whatever fucking other you know. Like, Tanner. Yeah, yeah. The IEs in there. IEs. Yeah. IEs. Uh, IEs short for busy people. It's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's for the biz. Yeah. That's what we uh, when we have our Zoom meetings, we throw it around as IE. You know. Yeah. Good. Um, maybe maybe to bring it back a little bit, like, is there you know we're talking about thirty five to possibly thirty eight <laughs> local H shows. We gotta get the answer to this, by the way. Um, is there? Do you, do you have a favorite local late show at Metro? I mean, I could think of. I could. I have. I have some. But well, what are yours? <laughs> I think what, Scott's like trying to remember. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of them, but um, I think when you did the um, anniversary shows for as good as um, yeah. as good as dead, like, right. and you had Joe with you, that and was like, I just think sick. like, I think like, I, I I personally think that the you and Ryan are like the best form of local H that has existed uh, like what you guys are now right and but having joe there there was like a nostalgia part of it but i i less think about what was happening on stage and more of what the crowd was like because right. there was just like people that were like genuinely like fuck this is like this is it for me like i love every moment of this and like there was a real like camaraderie and it was like two shows and so it's like whenever yeah. you do two shows like you know you make some mistakes maybe the first show and you come back and you kind of laugh about it but then like you kind of nail it on the second show and i kind of felt like that was like those shows were some of my favorite shows I've seen you guys do. And then having like both the guys come out at the same time too. was, that was yeah, those are good. yeah. And that was the whole reason for doing that entire tour was, mm. was that encore with two drummers. Mm. And, and that was, I was trying to think of a way to do a show. And cause I realized that people hadn't seen Joe and yeah. I thought it might be good for people who'd never seen him to be able to see him. But but we had just put out a new record and, and Ryan had just joined the band. And I didn't want to do that kind of bullshit. Yeah. Uh, so I figured if there was a way to have all of it and still make it a show that, that was like an anniversary for the record, but it was still more about, you know, moving forward. I, I, I don't know. I had all these ideas and, and it actually worked out pretty well. Well, there, I mean, there's like people that have been seeing you for like, 20 years now like legitimately there's people that like you probably know some of these people like that come to all your shows you yeah. know and so like it, that's that's kind of daunting as an artist to present something different to them each time you know so it's like so obviously you have new music you can always play new music and they'll probably dig it you know that's those are the people you want to play new music for right. but then they're like oh like how do i play maybe twice how, how do you how do you like play chicago twice in this album cycle you know like what do you do to like make something different like right right obviously like anniversary stuff is real easy stuff like that but like you guys always i mean you have like a you have a massive catalog now so it's like you like legitimately have to think about like you know where you're pulling from songs and stuff like that and do you like when you guys when you guys start tours do you guys like have like a set list you want to use or like is there like a <laughs> You just yeah. kind of pick it each night. We'll just walk into the venue and just get us a feel. And then yeah. after sound check, just make a set list. Yeah. And, you know, there are some songs that, you know, are we that are like, I don't tent tentpole songs. Yeah. Yeah. Hang <laughs> yeah. Stuff on. yeah. But, uh, but, you know, it, it, it and it, we always base the set 
on what we played the last time. So we so sure. we look online, and then if we played a certain song last time, we won't play it next time. You know, yeah. Just try to change things up. Yeah. Make sure that we don't play the same set over and over. Yeah. That's important too, because like I feel like there's certain bands that I've gone to see. I mean, fuck, even seeing bands at Metro, you know, multiple times they've come through, and it's like it's the same set, and then maybe you and... get one or two other encores, and it's like, man, I I wouldn't sit down and watch the same movie again and hope to see a different like after credits scene, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> it, it, I remember the Flaming Lips played the same set for like two years straight <laughs> around like the, the soft bulletin yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, totally. pissed off i was like ah yeah it, it's crazy though like with like setlist fm now like you have yeah. fans that like that like will look ahead of the tour to their stop yep. and they're like oh cool they're playing these songs and i was like well why do you right. think they're gonna play these songs this night i was like oh wait they play the same songs every night every on this night. tour right. and like oh man yeah and i don't I think, think that it's, it's like hard. everybody it's knows hard. what you're doing you know yeah. every- I mean, unless you're like a jam band and you're like experimenting in those songs, but you know, yeah. No, that list FM is uh, it's 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 a very important tool for us. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot. It's interesting yeah. that I think you're the first artist that I've spoken to that uses it so that you don't repeat the same set <laughs> in advance. Is it a commonality behind this? You know, behind the veil. I don't know. There you go. You could be a trendsetter. Yeah, maybe you are. I also don't know. I mean, because it's just how many people are in your current touring regimen? You know, I think I saw you guys too. Yeah. So when I saw you, what what was that Sleeping Village show with the with the pajamas? Oh, pack up the cats. Too. Yeah, oh, the pack up the cats tour. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, obviously you're playing that record, but like, are you choosing? You know, you you're telling me you're walking into a venue like for every other tour. Is that the case every day? You're just going in and deciding like what you're gonna play. Yeah. I mean, with a tour like that, we know we have to play Pack of the Cats. So what we're doing on on that tour, we're playing two sets every night. So the first set was, you know, random songs that weren't on Pack of the Cats. And so that would change every night. And the fun thing about that tour is that record hangs together. It's like it's about as close as we'll get to a Pink Floyd record. It's fun fun to – perform that as one piece because yeah. it is one piece and and that that really you know i i have kind of a problem with the let's play our album front to back type of yeah. Trend. yeah but with that record it really does work because you know even if we weren't doing it, it all the songs fit together yeah yeah that, that, that's like that's like a real problem that bands sometimes don't think about when they're like oh we're gonna play this record and then most of them just assume that they're going to play it front to back. And then you realize that maybe you sequence that record without live, like without thinking about it in a live scenario. And so like sometimes there's like dumb dead parts in the set because you, you wanted the ballad to be like number six and yeah. you did like three soft songs after that or something like that. Or like maybe you end the set in like a really bad way, you know? People always get mad at us because because the, there's different tunings. Yeah. So we always put the, the songs that have tunings together and so we we usually re-sequence the records yeah. uh, people are like well that's not the next song i'm like oh. <laughs> shut up dude it's on yeah, shuffle I, I think the best the best example of, of it not going right was uh i i was briefly a part of the uh led zeppelin 2 uh uh-huh. touring group uh, and i was doing all their visuals and i was mostly with them when they were doing the physical graffiti album and like that record sucks to play front to back like in that order it's not it's good the best at all. Record. it's the best record but i'm just saying like it's not a live thing like it just like it it's not a crowd like, please no it's not at all and like you no. would, i would see people like bored in the crowd and like <laughs> i was like you guys we have to like get through this faster or like do something there's nothing there's nothing you could do well and, the like, dinks that are going to see led zeppelin too are not <laughs> Physical graffiti fans. True. What are they going to play? Presents? Instead of Freebird, you got some asshole in the balcony being like, Moby Dick. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. 
just play Zeppelin two. You're Zeppelin two. Call it there. Yeah, so exactly. I think you know I brought this up because I think I think for this exact conversation that we're saying is it's like you know as a two piece core band you kind of have carte blanche to do whatever the fuck you want to do when you walk in the room you know sure because yeah. you can look at your drummer and just be like all right what are we doing today you know um, as opposed to like maybe a four piece or a five piece band where one member is a touring edition that only learned a select amount of songs right. or yeah something like that so i think you know do you feel like that level of authenticity has added to like the longevity that local h has seen just like being able to sort of cater to who is in the room or how the room feels at that time maybe i mean there's a certain like like grateful deadish <laughs> and pearl jam, pearl jam does that a lot too where yeah. they'll change the set a lot and so people know that they can, you know, it's good business. They can follow us around and they'll see a different set. And, yeah. you know, I mean, that's just, that's just a good business model. Yeah. There you go. When you're on your third show in Iowa on tour, you know, like, uh, you know, those people can do all the Iowa shows and see different sets, you know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, why would I go to this show? You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, and if it's, if you're talking about a flaming lip show, yes, yeah. of course, you've seen it before. Totally. Is is like uh, uh, maybe circling back to Metro a little bit on this? Is there is there a non a show that you've been to at Metro maybe recently or even any time in your past that you're kind of blown away by or uh, fun time? Best show I've ever seen at Metro, and it's funny because I've been reading that new Mark Lanigan book. Is yeah. uh, is the Screaming Trees? Fuck yeah, Metro. Yeah. And oh my god, we had just finished up a set at at Double Door, and they were playing. So I just jumped off stage and had everybody else pack up my shit and got into a cab and went across town to the Metro and Screaming Trees was just starting. And it was so fucking good. And they came out and that's when they had started playing with Josh from Queens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He just quit Caius. And I didn't even know what Josh looked like back then. I was like, (laughs) this fucker that's playing the guitar. It's like, what's that? The roadie? You know, I didn't know what was going on. Who's this six foot tall ginger fucker? Yeah, I was like, he's not one of the Van Connors. <laughs> uh, so they're playing the song, and somebody throws this beer up in the air, and and it goes and it flips around and it sp- sprays in Mark's face, Oof. and he just kind of closes his eyes and he turns around and he goes, "Stop, stop!" And then the band stops playing, and he turns around and grabs the mic and he goes, "I don't know which one of you pussies out there." Thought that I'd like a beer in my face, but I do not. So he like starts to threaten the entire crowd. He's like, yes. "Who was it? Was it you? Was it you? Or was it you, tough guy?" <laughs> and we're, I'm just like, "Whoa!" Yeah. He goes, "I don't care who it was. Next beer in my face. Me and my boys are in the pit kicking your ass." <laughs> and he turns around, and goes, go, and they go right back into the song. Oh, no man. way. Just great. And then downstairs after the show at Smart Bar, I'm in line for the bathroom. And here he comes walking in, just cutting past everybody. Josh. And Josh is just kind of like, I don't want to be here. He's like, come on. And so he goes, hey. And he goes, shut up. And like goes into the bathroom. And I was just like, don't fuck with Mark. Yeah. He's always a very, uh, we've done a bunch of shows with him. And he's always such an intimidating guy. But like once you kind of crack him, he's kind of a super sweetheart dude. But he is. Yeah. He is. Yeah. But, but, oof. Ooh, there's a dark side, but I, I never seen anything like it. It was just so there was such a, a, a vibe in the room, and every time I see him, he's, you know, he really doesn't care about all the bullshit. He's, no, he's and, and he's great. What, what a voice! Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. iconic. Um, well, I guess this kind of like leads me into the natural segue of like you know that's kind of a a wild happenstance to see at a show. Um, what do you have a memory of like a crazy wild show at Metro that maybe, you know, you mentioned Nirvana destroying their shit on stage, Mark Lanigan threatening to beat up the entire audience. <laughs> like, is there one that stands out as like just a holy shit? I can't believe this is happening right now. Kind of moment. Uh, like somebody's showing up that, you couldn't believe that they were showing maybe, up? Maybe maybe like a crazy person, you know, doing a cameo or like a riot or, you know, someone <laughs> like you're you're sort of uh you you've trademarked this uh crowd surfing to the bar for a shot, you know, kind of thing. Um to some people that might be crazy. Is there anything in that wheelhouse that maybe you saw? 
Or stole it from David Yao. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I thought he went yeah, to the sound. Yao, Yao did that once, and he 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 lost his uh, he lost his wedding ring. He had to get oh, up back on stage, and you'll stop, stop. I see a lot of shows where people are going stop, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, "My wife is going to kill me if I don't find the wedding ring." Everybody looked for it, and they found his wedding ring. Wow, no shit. Pretty cool. I, I I told I told the crowd surfing story uh on one of the other podcasts about yao and when they when jesus lizard did it and you're 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 the only other person i know that can swim a crowd surf as accurately as he can um thank you it's high and, praise uh, but he uh, you always went towards the you always went towards the bar where I, I i didn't know this until i stood in the sound booth and watched the jesus lizard show but uh their sound guy whitney like always had a contest with him that if he could crowd surf to the front of house booth he would hand him a 20 dollar bill yeah and that was the whole thing. And I was like, oh, yeah. Well, I've seen a show where he does that. Yeah, yeah. He just totally. got, got on the board. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to break that board. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so many shows. Like, the, the, the two nights that Gang of Four was there was pretty incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were playing entertainment. Yeah. And uh, that that year that Primal Scream was on tour for, uh, for Ex- Exterminator? Is that what it's called? Exterminator. Maybe. I don't know. Let's do a fact check. It's Exterminator. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Exterminator. There you go. There you go. Uh, oh, you have a fucking show, CD? Just, Wait, hold that back up again. I love that. I love that you just showed us a CD and I just had to Google it on my iPhone. <laughs> CDs over here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was Exterminator, and it was super loud, but it just kept getting louder and louder and louder, and the sound guy just kept pumping the volume up as the show went on. By the end, uh, what's his name from My Bloody Valentine was in the band? Kevin. Crazy. Yes, yeah. Kevin was there. Yeah. So, and I was on a lot of stuff. <laughs> do you do you have fun. do you have a? I mean, you you're, you're kind of like a or go like when people want to do like you know, need guitar players to do walk-ons and stuff, or they're doing covers. You're kind of like the go-to guy. Like, do you have a favorite walk-on moment that you've played with somebody? Um, I, you've, probably, you've, played, you've probably played with like Cheap Trick a couple times, right? Yeah. Oh, the first time I got up to play with Cheap Trick was when they were doing those four, yeah, four nights and they yeah, did yeah. the first four records and it was great. Yeah. And uh, we opened up the, I think the Heaven Tonight night or the Budokan night. I can't remember sure. which but they were having people come up. And so they were supposed to teach me this song and they didn't. <laughs> and so I'm standing there and I wanted to get up there and they were just about to go on. And I go, hey, are you, they go, are you coming on with us? I go, I don't know, I don't want to get in your way. You didn't teach me this song. And then Bunny turns around and he goes, well, are you gonna play with this or not? And I was like, okay. <laughs> so they go out there and they decided to play, I know what I want and I know how to get it. And I oh, didn't yeah. know how to play it. You know, yeah. and so I was like, I'll just sing. And so I come out, and as I'm walking past Tom, because he sings the song, he turns around and he says, "Don't fuck up my song, kid." <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh!" And then, and so I walk to where Robin is, and I'm just going to tell him, "Look, I'm just going to sing. I'm not going to play guitar." And before I can say anything, he takes his guitar <laughs> off and basically throws it at me. Oh shit! So I have to play the song. And I'm like, what key is it? And somebody yells B or who the hell knows. And so we start playing it. And about midway through, I start to get the song. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I know how to play this song. Yeah. I really start to get into it. And it gets to the third verse and I'm chugging along. And I look up and Rick Nielsen is coming over and he's waving his arms going, stop, stop, stop. And I'm like, ugh. And the third verse, nobody plays. It's just the drums and the vocal. Oh, no. So I was just mortified. <laughs> oh, man. Damn, I mean that's a good shit. Getting to play with Cheap Trick, uh, uh, I'm sure is up there for a lot of people. <laughs> but the the fact oh, that they, they threw me into the deep end. I mean, I've been up, I've been up to play with them many times since then, and yeah. they're super cool. But they did not give a fuck, and they threw me right in the deep end. And said, "Go ahead." That's amazing. Um. You know, I think the last time, because when they did those two shows, I don't think Bunny played with them, did he? Oh, yeah, I think those were post-Bunny shows. Yeah, that's right. What, the shows that I'm talking about? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. The shows that you played. They did some shows maybe 
four years ago or for something. For Cheap like Trick that. Day on April first yeah. yeah, of like two thousand sixteen. Yeah. 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 Um, no, uh, I would never question your integrity, Scott Lucas. <laughs> no, 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 bunnies. Yeah, bunny. Uh, he's a he's a prickly pear. <laughs> so obviously, you you released a record, and we're all in quarantine, which is kind of amazing. But you know, schedules are schedules, and I'm sure you wanted to get that record out. Um, do you have once we all come back? Are you going to try to tour on this record? Do you think? Yeah, like yesterday was supposed to be the start of it. Um, yeah. So we've, we've pushed it back to the fall and I don't think that's going to happen. That's hard. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to play a show at a drive-in yeah. in, wow. uh, d- downstate. So we're going to do that the 25th of nice. June. So yeah, drive-ins. I mean, we, we just spent the last how many decades trying to get rid of them all. <laughs> get rid of them all. <laughs> the, the only place that's saving us. Yeah. yeah, I don't even the 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 Cascade driving was like the closest one to Chicago that I know of, but I don't think is that even still around Cascade. I don't think so. We went yeah. to the McHenry one the other night to go see Jaws and ET. Yeah, and that's like an hour away. Jesus Christ! It's <laughs> Jesus. like we've actually gone back thirty years. Yeah, I, I I think there probably should be like some cre- like I mean, how hard could it be to like set up a drive-in theater? Like, just go to like Lane Tech parking lot or something like that, and like right. let's just set up drive-ins there. You know, like I don't. When I think of all the drive-ins, it just if they held on just a little bit longer, you know, <laughs> yeah. like oh, yeah, breaks my heart. Think- well, that's cool. I mean, that's that's a, that's a great idea. And then you know, hopefully, we can get back to playing some shows. I know we were working on a show together, but you know, that yes, kind of pushed a little bit. But um, we'll eventually yeah. have you back to celebrate this record. It'll it's happen. A damn good record. It'll happen. I swear. And then I I can't wait. I cannot yeah, wait. Totally. Is there any, anything else in uh, lovely? Uh, quarantine time that you've discovered is maybe a fun but you're obviously a movie fan and uh you know besides movies is there anything else you've been doing that's uh, been fun just murder party yeah murder party. murder party yeah we should play murder party we should play murder party yeah i figured out how to share the screen using the the zoom stuff hell yeah because we you, were, you dominated uh you dominated the trivia game i hosted the other night and then uh that led to like just the heads trivia where there was a real Real League of Real League of Legends that uh, stayed awake till about two in the morning playing trivia. And oh, stuff. I think everyone was ready to kill me. Yeah, well, that happens. But you're, yeah. you know, you know that team that we had. I think at the end there, we could like do like a national champion between uh, the heads that were on there. You know. Yeah, um, it was fun. I had a yeah, good team. Totally. Uh, well, thanks for doing this, Scott. Yeah, this absolutely. Is, awesome. is there any? Thanks for having me. You're a you're a, you're a Metro legend. I was hoping we do. I was I was counting, and technically, when we play the next show. We'll be in the fourth decade, but previous to the new decade, um, we always have, we always count the people who are have played four decades at Metro, basically eighties, nineties, aughts, and two thousand tens. You'll you'll be a part of the next four decade crew uh, coming up. But um, you know, I thought maybe you had made it in there for some reason that you'd like had maybe played Metro in like eighty nine, but that wasn't the case. But um, you know, yeah, I think that. I mean, when was the first show at Metro? Is it 82 or 83? 82. 82, 82 yeah. I think the fact that we had played in 91 or 92 meant that we made it in the first decade. There you go. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Otherwise, the, the, the four-decade crew, we, we've counted to being basically like uh, it's Bob Mould. Yes. Uh, um, Greg Dooley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dave Grohl. Uh-huh. Who's the other one we said, Brett? I can't remember. Um, so long ago for me. Yeah. Mike Mills. Um, yeah. Maybe. I don't, know, I don't know if Mike Mills would have made it in the 2000s. That's the only thing I, I Was Hook about. one of them? Bob Mills. Oh, and uh, Peter, Hook, Peter Hook. More than anybody. Here's Peter yeah. Hook. Peter Hook. Oh, Hook. Peter. Yeah. So, and yeah. So I, I think like out of all those people, Dooley probably or Grohl has probably played there the most in those decades. I don't know. Cause Grohl would only played like once in the eighties where Bob mold, probably actually Bob mold. between Bob mold and Dooley were probably playing like twice a year for a while. So. Then Bob mold was doing DJ sets for a while. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So he's yeah, yeah. Legends, he legends of the scene. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. 
Thanks for doing this. Yeah, Scott, thank you so much for coming on the program. We appreciate having you. Everyone, please make sure to go check out Local H's latest album, Lifers, available on streaming platforms and where you buy your physical media. Uh, Scott, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, bro. Bye. 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 Well, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in today to the third episode of Metro Minutes Podcast. Uh, I've been Brett Crawford and my co-host, Joe Carcello. Um, I shouldn't have introduced you. I don't know why I did that. Let me do one more you, try. You, 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 you have been Brett Crawford, as if moving forward, you're not going to be Brett I've Crawford I've been Brett Crawford, anymore. and from now on, I will no longer be. I will be... Uh, no, you're, 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 for, you're now on Bert Ferguson. Bert! Yeah. Bert Ferguson! <laughs> okay, fuck. Oh... <sighs> Unique New York. <laughs> Leave this in. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to the third episode of Metro Minutes. Um, I've been fucking goddammit. You've been locked in your fucking garden apartment Dude, for I'm losing months. my mind. My feet are becoming webbed because it's so damp down here. Um, damp, son. Okay. <laughs> damp, son. Thank you so much for everyone to tuning for tuning. Thank you so much everyone for tuning in today to the third episode of Metro Minutes. I'm Brett Crawford. I'm Joe Carzolo. And we hope to see you again next week. Please, if you've got any questions or burning desires in your heart, shoot them over to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, leave a comment somewhere. Call your dad. Tell him to listen. Um, find your. <laughs> I don't know. I can Find cut all home. this shit out. <laughs> uh, please, uh, if, if you've got anything you want to you want to hear about, any Metro secrets or anything like that, uh, if you've got a special guest you think would do well that has some Metro history, feel free to tag them uh, and, and let us know. Yeah, I mean we gotta we gotta ramp this up to a mailbag episode, so we need some we yeah. need some questions, you know, and we need to. The good thing about this podcast is that if you do send to any social media app, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, Brett Crawford answers it. I'm going to read it and I'm going to respond unless you say some <laughs> dumb shit about when we're going to announce the strokes after show, at which case blocked. <laughs> but in all seriousness, thank you guys again for being here. Uh, we hope to see you again next week and everyone be safe and be well. Thanks, guys. Bye.